0: And this is Claire. This is Girls Gone Wild podcast. This is episode three ten. We Hello. were just practicing our cheer moves.
1: Ready? Okay. okay. Um. Fun fact: I was a camp counselor at a Bible cheerleading camp what? in high school. Yep. The cheer went like this: Break free from fear and doubt. Come on, fans! Let's hear you shout. Yep, you guys can't see it for a all mere my hand moment. Just for might. a
0: mere moment, I thought you were gonna like spell God and be like, you "Yay know, for the God."
1: We did say "Yay Jesus." Oh, uh huh, yeah. But it was like a vacation Bible school thing that I volunteered uh. at, and I and I like it was a sports camp. Okay, and some, and they were like, "Well, you have no sport talent. Go to the cheerleaders." <laughs> And like you can't teach children how to play sports, but you can yell. I was like, I can yell. I can yell. Mm-hmm. That just brings yeah. me back
0: to my cheerleading days because that's all you did was hands on hips, yes, shoulders down. That's probably why I have such built shoulders. I just had to stand with my hands on my hips for like a year.
1: If there, that's five what years, it is.
0: five years, yeah.
1: Anyway. Hi guys. We <laughs> were practicing our
0: cheer moves because we were I don't know what like what got on the train of that, but then we were also talking about all of JVN's videos or like yes. him doing backflips and backhand springs and all so the good. great moves that now you know, he moved on from skating and now he's doing gymnastics, which he was a gymnast and did cheerleading. He was so a cheerleader, like he, yeah. It's not like he just randomly right. learned how to do a backhand spring. I by the way never learned how to do a backhand spring or a back tuck or any gymnastic moves, and I was very insecure about it. I really wish I would have learned. I, it's not a skill I want to know now, but I yeah. really am like, I remember back in the day when everyone could do a backhand spring and I couldn't. I was like, I don't deserve
1: to be on this team. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, uh, they were like, but her shoulders.
0: I had so many bruises on my shoulders from people standing on them. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. It's
0: just, it was a nice place to stand. You know, what was the to thing this that, day. What was the thing that recently came up where you're like, how did I not know this about you, about me?
1: I can't Oh, the fact that was. you had
0: a pig. Oh, yeah. I had a pig. So, okay. So, <laughs> we <laughs> whenever are just something been
1: running with this. Whenever episode. something
0: comes up that you don't know about me, I'm like, that's really weird. How does she not know this about me? So, I live two doors down from a house that has a pot belly pig, and they recently moved in, like last year. Yeah. And yet to see the pig, have heard about the pig from all my neighbors.
1: To the west or to the north? To the north. I guess it would have to be to the north. Yeah. The west is that church. Okay. Yeah.
0: So, there's. A pig that lives in this house. I've yet to see the pig. I've heard about this pig. My neighbors are very excited about the pig. I'm like, I want to see the pig. No joke. Like three weeks ago, I'm driving down the street and it was a beautiful day out. Turns the corner, my neighbor, riding a bike with a huge basket in front with a baby little pig in the basket, wrapped in a blanket. No. <laughs> I'm- nope that is like in my car i was like oh my god it's the pig and i was freaking out because i was so So excited a miniature pig it's a little tiny baby pig it's probably i say baby because it's like not like a hog it's probably about it's probably a good 80 pounds but it's teeny it's like compact like it's 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 a little roly-poly
1: like an 80 pound kettlebell basically for sure for sure Oh and gosh. he was just
0: wrapped in a blanket and he was. How just would like- you
1: ride a bike with something that's eight? 80- that basket must be very stretched. It was really sound. big.
0: It was like a really it this was is almost is, like
1: This is where my mind goes. How would you ride a bike with 80 was, pounds in a basket? What kind it of basket?
0: Was, yes. It was a big basket. I this feel is like not you would like a need a wicker like basket. Those,
1: you need one of those like kid trailers. You would pounds? think that's it was that's like a seventh grader.
0: It looked like a pretty yeah, it was a big little guy. A big little yeah, guy. A What's big his little name? guy. <laughs> I don't know. Because I was driving and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to stop my neighbor. First of all, I've never met this neighbor. So I was kind yeah. of like freaking out in my car. You're but like, now mm-hmm. I want to just go over there and knock on the door and be like, hey, I meet you your pig? A pig? And they also have cute dogs. So one day, oh, yeah, and especially because it's like, getting warmer all the neighbors are going to be out we like go out in the yard and drink and so it's like it's gonna it's gonna happen I will meet yes. the pig anyway the whole point of the story is that then I was texting you and Jess and I was like yeah you don't want to like they're cute but you don't want one because we had one growing up for a hot minute in high what school was its name it was named Dottie and it's a good name for yeah pig. it was she was so cute but it was just I mean it was so stupid it was one of those things where it was kind of like a a trendy thing to do. Like we had a couple friends who had gotten potbelly pigs. And my poor parents like agreed to get one. And I'm just like, Oh, I just think back of all the crap we put them through. But it just pigs get big. And pigs aren't meant to be house pets. And so I don't know what like this family is doing having a pig because I don't know how they manage it. Because pigs root in the ground and tear up your yard and they eat a lot of food and they need like a pasture. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't recommend getting one as a pet unless you have a huge farm. But anyway, yeah. So then you were like, how did I not know this about you? I'm like, this is not something that was like a huge fun fact because we didn't have it very long. And then we gave it to someone who had a huge pasture that wanted a pot pig. Yeah. How do you feel about people who like this is not a controversial thing. I'm just very fascinated by people who like put in the time to like raise your own bees, plant your own food, like have your own like mini farm. Like that's I kind want of, to do
1: that. I, I know. I think it's great. I just
0: I feel like that's such a great slash time consuming way to live. Like so
1: to, I think it's so, just like anything. Like you I'm just like, have to be in the groove. Yeah, and like Brandon and I were just planning out how we're going to expand our garden next year, and like. We would love nothing more than for every single piece of our yard to just be like garden, garden boxes, right? you know, flat like pollinator. I don't think we would ever do bees only because they're really hard to keep alive in our climate. That's what I've heard. And then I, then just I really get kind of like it. sad because I'm like, are we
0: educating ourselves? Like, it's not just as easy as like, oh, I'm going to raise chickens or raise right. bees. We like, don't like
1: live in California where you can yeah, just do like that. Well, right. And so there are some bees. I don't know. I know you didn't ask me, Claire. Okay. What are Claire. the pros and cons of keeping bees in the front range? But Claire, I will tell what you. What are the pros and cons of? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it is difficult to most most bees that. So, like, let me back up. If you're gonna keep bees, you order a queen bee from like a feed store, and it gets shipped to you, and then you know the the whole thing gets started. However, most of the Like beekeeping bees that are raised, I guess you would say, come from California and they are not weather hardy. And so even if you order them in Colorado, your bee queen and your bee starter kit, whatever you want to call it, is most likely coming from California. So then they die in the winter because they're not like bred to be cold tolerant. There are some bees you can get who are bred in Colorado and can live through the winter. But apparently there's a wait list. So I'm told I was recently having a conversation about this with a friend who gave us some honey because their bees died over the winter and they finally like went out and got the honey. But um, I mean, we really want chickens. I think we would have gotten chickens this year. I think we would have done a lot more this year if I hadn't had a baby a month Mm -hmm. ago Mm -hmm. to get like yeah, I would love nothing more than for my entire yard to just be like this big beautiful garden with all like the food that I could eat. I would love to preserve the food. I love to. I love pickles. I love to pickle everything and totally. can everything and freeze everything. Totally. I would love you know what? to should, like.
0: They should make a reality show about that, so then more people would do it.
1: Yeah, because I, I mean, really
0: it's, think it's a great way to live. But I also think people need to educate themselves. No one can steal this idea, by the way. This is my idea.
1: <laughs> trademark <laughs> stamp. Trademark. I think because well, then more like me.
0: I think people. Just think it's just an easy thing to do or I'm just going to plant. It's like there's so much that goes into it. And then the animal piece, like you have to keep in mind, like bees can't live in this climate. I don't think people realize that.
1: Well, and I think that like it's definitely trial and error, but growing some stuff isn't hard. Like you can have a couple tomato plants like you could have with pretty minimal effort year round fresh lettuce from your garden in any climate. You just would need. Something that either could be moved inside and outside, or something that's outside with a pretty basic level of cover. And that type of thing, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. So I actually am in like a big sort of uh, suburban home setting, zero waste sort of kick right now. Mm-hmm. And Which is so, great. You know, I just apparently have all this time and money on my hands. Do that you compost? I just, we do. So the city of Longmont composts. Oh, come so on. We're rich.
0: Den- we're oh, right on the border right on the border right. Denver you just gotta, we just like, gotta like take your cart and just, wheel it to Sheridan we absolutely need to go <laughs> just, just like a block over and we would have and compost. you would do it
1: yeah just bring it over to our house okay great. Um, I'm you know sure what? you just you,
0: want all my rotting food
1: just take it to, I mean <laughs> Jess probably compost she's gonna text us and be like joy bring us your compost <laughs> hi Jess great. we know you're like joy will bring you her compost
0: <laughs> I'll just leave it in a pot on your front porch <laughs> Like that one day I was like dropping off a gift at like 6 a.m. Hi, Jess. I was dropping off a gift for, it was the gift you gave Barrett. Yeah. Um, and I was dropping it off uh, at, like 6 a.m. after I did a class and yeah. like Phil was walking the dog and I'm like sneaking up to their front porch, dropping <laughs> it off. And like he turns around like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Like who is this crazy <laughs> this is person on my crazy. deck at 6 a.m.? Okay. Anyway.
1: Anyway, the point is. Compost. You could probably take your compost to her house. Okay. Great. Um, so we do compost. We don't compost. We don't do our own compost. Um, we could. We just since our city offers composting, it's like. Um, my mom does a so combo jealous. of her own compost and and like city compost, and we could probably do more of that. They anyway. I'm not. I won't get into. Sorry.
0: It. Okay. So you were you're getting um, onto this kick of like. So I'm on this kick.
1: So we really want to do a lot more. And the other thing too is like, so we ha- we have that we bought this house a year and a half ago, a little bit more. And when we bought the house, we. I mean, this is like your classic starter home, right? It's this, like, could not be more basic rectangle brick 1970s ranch home. yeah. Right. And so we were like, this is clearly a starter home. Like, you don't, you know, anyway. And the more we live here, we're like, you know what? Should we just sort of put our flag in the sand and say, this is going to be where we live. And let's just do everything we want to the house. Let's, like, turn the yard into a full-on garden. Let's, you know... Do all this other crap that if you were to just say like, let's put on a back deck like these things where if you're like, well, we're only going to live here for maybe like five or seven years. You're like, let's not
0: put the time in. Yeah. Let's
1: not put the time in. We don't want to blah, blah, blah. And so since we've been talking about this, really the thing that started this was this whole problem that happened last week with my water main. We had to like, get all this plumbing work done and we were like, well, sounded
0: like a lot of fun and a should lot of we like just adulting.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah, but it but it also raised the question of like, you know what, if we're putting this type of work into this house, like why don't we just kind of put our flag in the sand and say this is going to be our house and, you know, no, unless we move away away away. Right. And so that because before we were really holding back on like the gardening and everything because it was like well if we're gonna sell this house in five seven years we don't want to have to like rip all this out and put sod sure. in in order to sure. sell the house right you like um, make it
0: like selling ready or whatever exactly because yeah. nobody's
1: gonna walk in and be like oh, I mean very few people would walk in and be like oh my gosh thirty raised garden beds this is you my never dream know home. you, you never, never know but right. fewer I people, know probably. I know your
0: realtor would probably be like let's talk yeah
1: yeah exactly and he'd be like but your house comes with a salad bar. And then the zero waste thing, I'm like getting on the zero waste kick, which okay. I encourage everyone to be on a zero waste kick. Sure. But okay. So, and then like Instagram ads totally heard me say that. And recently. And so how do they know, this, by like, the
0: way? Like there's things that know? I have not Googled, but I've said yeah. out loud and I'm like, someone's listening. Someone's Someone. listening. Yeah. yeah. The it's Instagram van. Mm-hmm.
1: They have a satellite on the side of the cross at Van and then just drive around.
0: By the way, before I forget to tell you this, is yes. whenever people say like zero waste, I think of this article that was like in Seventeen Magazine or Cosmo or something like twenty years ago where this woman literally had a year of just a jar of waste.
1: Okay. Let's talk about one that. One jar. One, one jar. People, one mason jar. Yes. I've seen those people. First of all, let's toilet stop. paper. Do you not use toilet paper? Yeah. Where did your toilet paper go? Second of all, Ugh. like I just feel like it those doesn't people, count if it goes down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the concept of zero waste. Like where did where do you draw the line? Is it like well, there's nothing that's truly zero waste because even if you buy something in bulk, that thing was probably shipped in a box that had plastic packaging in it.
0: Right, like our and, electric cars. Like you could say, yeah. well, the batteries. How do you recycle those? Or right, the or waste, like, like the like carbon every, that yeah. went
1: into building the car. Exactly. Right, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like you know what. Let's not get. Let's not split hairs here. Let's just do the best right. we can. Right. Let's do. But the best we can. But let's also not right. take that picture with a stupid mason jar. I mean, like this is all the trash I right. made. Like it's kind of like mm, the argument with vegans,
0: not. where it's like, uh, yeah, like you're really you're wearing clothes that an animal might have touched or something.
1: <laughs> you know? Right. It's like yeah. Like, How far are we- Right. How far like down the road do you want to go? <laughs> right. So back to the Instagram ads and being able to read my mind. So the other day, I feel like the target market for Instagram ads is. Moms who have been stuck inside for several days, anyone really, and are like, "I just want to change my life a little bit." <laughs> you know what would accomplish that? So- toothpaste tablets. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, "I should buy those," and I did. <laughs> Wait, <they're> toothpaste tablets? <laughs> yes, because joy, as I learned in the Instagram ad. There are like tens of thousands of toothpaste tubes that get sent to the landfill every month. Oh. And Lord. they don't biodegrade.
0: Okay. And so I'm listening.
1: what you can do instead is buy and it's like one of anyway, they are one of the, the things that take the longest. One of the, like the pieces of household waste that take the longest to biodegrade because they're like that thick plastic. Yeah, that's yeah. That's lined and the whole thing. Oh gosh. So I'm sold. <laughs> I know. You're alright. I living Instagram ad. So I bought these. Tablets. They come in like a glass, very you know, beautiful glass oh, jar, pretty glass sure. jar, mm-hmm. and it, they look like an Altoid. And you put them in your mouth, and you ch- you bite down onto it, and then you get your toothbrush wet. And as like the tablet gets wet, it just turns into toothpaste, basically.
0: Oh my gosh! Can
1: what? they sponsor well, they think us? Of next. This
0: sounds amazing. Yeah. So this I bought sounds- those.
1: I got the peppermint charcoal. Okay. Flavor. I'll let you know how they go. Mm-hmm. I also got. Does that charcoal one turn black? No, kay. I don't think so.
0: Because I did try the Dr. something or other toothpaste that's actually black charcoal. And it's a little frightening when you brush your teeth.
1: A little much. Kind of look well, like you're I've in heard... Walking
0: Dead every time you brush your teeth. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not great.
1: And I've <laughs> heard that using too much charcoal on your teeth, that like the charcoal is actually abrasive and can, if you use it every day, it can actually like scratch the enamel of your teeth. Uh huh.
0: Okay. Any dental hygienists out there or dentists right. listening? Can you verify this? Can you please verify this information? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, the other thing I got was this toilet paper that comes first of all it's a subscri- a toilet paper subscription service. Genius. And it's all paper packaging. So it's not it doesn't come oh, in that like big, the big stupid plastic, plastic thing. stupid yeah. Costco,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: And it's called hold on. It's got a clever name. I got to look it up. I got a shipping. Was this on it? Was this on an Instagram ad? Oh, yes it
0: was. So I feel like all the Instagram ads oh, They're the ahead. same.
1: It's called Who Gives a Crap. <laughs> that is the best name ever. For toilet paper ever. I know. So anyway.
0: But Instagram ads, I swear, are marketing to me because I talk about Venice so much. I've never said like typed in Venice anywhere. I only talk about it with you, but I get all these Instagram ads with like people wearing great clothes from California.
1: Probably because you literally never post on your Instagram except for like last year when we were in Venice. That's true. (laughs)
0: On my personal page, I never do. No, I, know I never... It's always in California or something related right, to California. Right, when you're on a California. trip. <gasps> uh, but yeah, it's so funny. I'm just like, how do they know that I just want to wear everything from California?
1: That you just want to be someone who in lives in Venice not living in Venice?
0: Yeah, I just want to be that person with, that yeah. has succulents and lives in soft clothing that has yeah. sunsets on it. That's all there I want.
1: Go. Target demographic right there. <laughs> okay, so what else are you
0: doing? You're doing uh, cloth diapers. Cl- okay, this so This is a we, big moment. And oh the people gosh. are going to lose their shit.
1: People people are gonna be like i can't it is disgraceful cannot, that you're doing I, cloth diapers i cannot believe when you the diaper child technology out there is so we advanced, have technology
0: there are yeah. people
1: in the world who oh, would yeah. die to use disposable diapers sorry guys <sighs> yeah just, my best friend uh that has two kids
0: uh, did cloth diapers for both of her kids and i'm just like it's
1: it seems like not a lot a
0: big deal you guys it's fine no. it works do it
1: You do you. I did disposables with Miles every single day. And I did not regret it for a second. With Juna, we have been doing disposables. And then one day recently, I was like, you know what? I have a lot of friends who do cloth. I'm home with her a lot. And I might as well just try it. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm just Mm -hmm. trying it. Yeah. We, for those of you who are wondering, we are using pre folds with a cover and we've been doing it for two days. So the jury's still out. <laughs> but she looks so cute because she's a little pink. She so looks cute. It's yeah. like this little, oh. her diaper, it's the biggest oh. diaper butt ever. It's so, so big. Oh, in my opinion, that, God. just like the giant diaper butt, is totally worth it. So but cute. But I also am very open to just being like, this is too much work Right. at mm-hmm. that. But I do feel like, okay, if I'm going to ostensibly say, oh, I, you know, making an effort to be lower waist then I need to at least try some cloth diapers sometimes. What were you going to say about
0: the mason jar lady? Did we finish that? Or did we go off track? The mason jar. The mason jar. No, we finished that. Just that it's like,
1: it's not like,
0: you know, having a
1: tiny jar of waste is not the whole picture.
0: Right. Kind of the same way I feel like about that gal who lived in a tree. I think her name was like Butterfly something. I'm sure This it was. was like back in the 90s. I'm not I remember even kidding. This lady. She like lived in the trees.
1: Or like there was this guy in Moab who lived in a cave and he was like, I'm off the grid. And I was like, yeah, but you still like go to the library to use the internet. He had a blog. Everyone was like, how off the grid are you? <laughs> like you're still benefiting from public services so anyway. yeah anyway. that was the whole thing like, it if was you're like-
0: really off the grid go to Westcliffe Colorado where there's a million Amish people and it's amazing oh
1: did you ever read the book my side of the mountain Mm-mm. what what <laughs> maybe um, I did it was in hindsight pretty weird but it was basically about this like teenager who like one day just left and went and like lived in a tree and like inside the like a hollow tree Uh in the mountains you know i don't really i probably read this in like fourth or fifth grade so i'm i'm a little fuzzy on the details about like where were his parents but that was not apparently addressed very much and so if you want to live off the grid do the my side of the mountain thing yeah so what else like what
0: inspired your um zero waste or minimal waste
1: right boredom
0: Mostly, okay. I think. Instagram ads.
1: <laughs> Instagram ads. Uh, no, I think I something I've been thinking about for a long time. And, you know, there's I do a lot of, like, I th- think a lot about and read a lot about and talk a lot about, like, environmental stuff and public lands and sustainability. And I'm I have sure. a master's in, yeah. you know, basically natural resource policy. And um, so I am very aware of all the issues. And then to not do anything personally about it started to feel a little bit like, you know. If I am someone who really claims that this is one of my values, I probably should start acting like it. Yeah. But again, and I think it's hard because it's like there are almost literally unlimited, like infinite issues with the world. And so you have to kind of just pick the ones that you identify with and try to help fix them because you can't do every single thing.
0: Right. And I think whenever I think about issues and like where you want to put your energy into like helping the world, I always think about the environment. Because I'm like, if we need to survive, we need to have an environment to survive in. So that's where I always go.
1: Yeah. And I think also, like, for us, it's a little bit more literally in your backyard. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in Colorado. It's a very outdoorsy community. It's very, like, active. And hi, thank you. Brandon brought me dinner. Oh, what are you having? Uh, Fajita beef with avocados. And some like peppers and onions. Heck yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. Um, he also was feeding Juna while balancing a bottle with his chin and holding. You know what? I, I wonder if he did that just so that I would bring it up because that was an impressive <laughs> thing. He's probably like, I should do this. He'll talk about it. <laughs>
0: Look how, you know what? Scott does that all the time. Like he'll send me things, really hoping that I post it on Instagram totally. or like stories. Totally. And I'm like, That's not on brand for us, but it's not on brand
1: for us to brag all the time. (laughs) It's so funny. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think for us and maybe it's and like a lot of the brands that we interact with and see in Denver are very environmentally focused and. You know, but there's a million, like, some people I think say, well, you know, what's like, I'm not going to worry about in the environment until, like, people have equal rights. Or, you know, like, there's so right. many huge could, issues you out could there. You go down
0: a million Any roads rabbit with that. hole. Yeah. And, and so you certainly I'm, don't have to pick one. But I no, think no, no, sometimes, no. like, if I get overwhelmed by it, I get what makes the most yeah. sense for me is the world we live in. Like, yeah. Really, the land we live on. Is right. Important. The literal
1: world. Well, and I. Okay. Anyway, I yeah, so for me I just kind of I feel like whatever you're passionate about, whatever you feel like you identify with, it no matter literally no matter what it is. It can be anything. Just maybe think about taking like one more little baby step in that direction.
0: Yes. Little so baby, baby step. It's fine. Okay, I have one doing. gardening question cuz this is not the gardening podcast, but we're going to talk about this for for just a moment. I get overwhelmed by the idea of like if I wanted to grow my own food that the soil sucks therefore why would i grow my own food (laughs) like if i have shitty soil aren't nutrients supposed to be coming from the soil into your food
1: uh like so if you have
0: crappy soil
1: what do you mean by crappy soil like Like, what if your soil
0: just like doesn't have nutrients i don't even know what i'm saying yeah like you
1: (laughs) add them with there's this amazing thing it's called fertilizer
0: it but was invented like, could,
1: like just before the industrial revolution. But like
0: manure, like are we talking about that? Okay, like what are we talking about? Give this me is a this lesson. Such a silly question.
1: Yeah. Okay, it's I not will tell silly. you. So, <laughs> back in the day when everyone lived on farms, you had at least a few livestock animals. Typically, maybe even just like one cow, but typically you at least had like a cow and a pig and maybe like a couple of chickens, and they all just sort of lived in this pen. And they lived out in your yard and they were kind of, maybe they didn't live like exactly where all the crops were, but for the most part, everything was sort of on the same piece of land. And so the cows and the pigs would poop and the chickens would scratch and those things naturally would, the scratching would would fertilize and the scratching of the chickens would naturally. See this great little
0: ecosystem. It's like, yes, that's why I'm like, I couldn't recreate that here. Therefore, I don't want to do it at all.
1: Um, okay, so <laughs> that would basically put more or less like nitrogen back into the Anyway, I won't okay. get into like, nitrogen, sure. phosphorus. There's I mean, mm-hmm. but anyway. So then, when people started to say, okay, when people moved into cities and and humans stopped owning their own livestock on a large scale, they still wanted to grow food, but the two things kind of got separated. The livestock went over here, and the plants went over there. And the plants stopped growing, and they were like, WTF. So they just started going around and putting all the manure that the cows are making into a bag and taking it over to the fields. Okay. So that is how fertilizer, as we know it, right. came to be. Nowadays, synthetic fertilizer actually wasn't invented until not that long ago, like humanity speaking. I have a book that talks about this, and I can't remember the year, but it was like probably within our parents' lifetime.
0: Okay. It's and amazing that you know this by the way. It's like blowing my mind. Like I
1: I read a lot. So,
0: um, Tell me more about the fertilizer revolution.
1: So, now you can purchase fertilizer that is synthetic and use it in your soil, and sometimes it might take a while to like get it going, but you can basically get your soil to like whatever concentration of the, you know, so there are there's you can mimic Mimic how anything you want. How someone was living
0: with a cow and a goat and a pig. You can mimic that soil.
1: Yeah. So the three main compounds in fertilizer are nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Okay. And the... I won't go into it into like what the night, but the balance of those three are what makes the difference between like soil that's good for vegetables versus for soil. That's good for grass versus soil. That's good for flowers. Sure. And so you can buy fertilizer to get your soil. So what you can do if you're, if you're interested is go into your yard, take samples of your soil and send them to, in our case, you send them to Colorado state university. They have a soil sample testing lab and it's like 50 bucks or less. And they will write, they'll write you back. And it's the cutest thing ever, and they'll write you back and say, "Okay, here's what your soil comes out as. If you want to grow vegetables, here's what you need to add. If you want to grow flowers, here's what you need to add. If you want to grow like, you know, grass for grazing, here's what you need to add."
0: Oh, that's and so cute! No matter where
1: you are in the country, I don't know about the world, but where for you are in the country, there are there is something near you where you can send your soil. Ooh, send
0: your soil, people! And then, and then you, you can, can know, Joy. So see, okay. it will take so the mystery the stre- out. Yeah. I just don't want the mystery and it stresses me out because I'm like, what am I eating in this tomato? It freaks yep. me out.
1: And then so it the might other be a little thing, bit of
0: my anxiety as well.
1: <laughs> yeah. The other thing that you can do to just completely take that completely out is just buy like a big garden pot uh-huh. thing, trough, and just fill it with like store bought soil. I may do that instead. Right. Yes, that sounds like a more manageable um, that sounds strategy great. for for you right now.
0: Especially because... Manageable, yes. And especially because space-wise, we just we did, redid our yard and you, last year. And you I just don't even don't have really a have yard, space. really. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. But garden, you grow
1: tomatoes on your little, like, deck.
0: Garden corner is over. Let's I, move on. I
1: really just impressed myself with my depth of knowledge about you soil science. know a lot, and it's pretty
0: impressive. So Turns out I'm has, a minor in plant ecology. If anyone has garden questions or yeah. plant questions, Ask send Claire. them over to Girls gunwater Water.
1: Or if you guys are like, oh my God, Claire, you just butchered every single thing about that. Please keep those comments to yourself. Actually, please I want to know.
0: Please do not send a review. <laughs> please leave a five-star rating for, for this podcast. For,
1: please leave a five-star rating about my unearned confidence about gardening knowledge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she went for it. She was brave. Yeah, She put herself out there
1: myself out there and none of you are going to be able to grow tomatoes ever again. Anyway. Okay.
0: So let's take a right turn from vegetables to emotions.
1: (laughs) That reminds me of, you remember in Elf where they're like trying to write the children's book and they're like talking about They want to make the character a tomato, and the guy's like, "Can't be a tomato. Tomatoes are too vulnerable." And then he leaves, and they find his little notebook, and it's like his ideas for a peach. And they're like, "A peach? What's more vulnerable? What's more vulnerable than a peach?" (laughs) And the other one is like, "Okay, so here's the idea. It's a a a little baby asparagus who's self conscious because his pee smells weird." (laughs) (laughs) So So they're related, is what I'm saying.
0: funny isn't the whole thing with asparagus pee is that everyone's pee smells but it's just certain people can't smell it that's what i've heard I oh you mean 20- sir,
1: you mean asparagus makes everyone's pee smell but not yes. everyone can smell their own asparagus yes i missed
0: pee. like half the part of that story
1: <laughs> yeah you definitely landed on like the lily pad in the middle of that train of thought and did not bring us with you <laughs> oh my god Oh my god, it's
0: only Monday. Whew, okay. How are you doing? I'm not oh. kidding, really. Like how are you
1: doing? <laughs> I'm feeling like some asparagus right now. Yeah. Um, I'm doing really well, I think. I th- I am I post this thing about this on my personal Instagram and yeah. I have been sort of waiting to give an update about my postpartum mood stuff because I didn't want to like jump the gun and say like I did it like I didn't get postpartum depression because I'm I'm still only eight weeks in and technically postpartum depression is anytime time within the first year and it can even show up later than that and it then it's you know anyway but it's been the first eight weeks have been really good and I think the biggest difference is that now that I've been through it twice I can recognize the like where the paths diverged. And so first of all, I know everyone knows this, but I just want to make it clear. There's nothing you can do to prevent postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And so if you have had postpartum depression and you're listening to me say, oh, I did all these things and that's what made right. it different. Right. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, if only I had done those things. It has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And the what I, what I mean when I say this is like I can look back and realize that these things felt different and that's how I knew I wasn't getting depression again mm-hmm. so far. Not that I did these things different and that caused me to not become depressed. The biggest thing that I have like been sort of talking about with my therapist around this is like these just – at first when my, when Juno was born, I was so freaked out about getting postpartum depression again that I overanalyzed every single thing I was thinking. Like every feeling mm-hmm. I had, I was like, oh my gosh, is this the feeling that's going to like send me down the spiral? And so I just started looking for like little breadcrumbs that kind of was telling me like, no, this is different. This is different. This is different. And the biggest one that I had, and I don't know if I've already talked about this, was that I realized I never talked to Miles when he was tiny. And I literally remember saying and thinking all the time, why would anyone talk to newborns? Like, they don't understand you. They can't talk Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how just black and white this was for me. Sure. And... You know, and then I would talk to Juna and it was like, I couldn't keep myself from just being like, hi, Mm -hmm. you know, the baby talking. And I never did that with Miles. And so that was kind of the first thing where I thought, okay, so this is, this is different already. I'm doing okay. I'm on the right track. And I realized that with Miles, when he was born, you know, there was a lot of like trauma around what happened and. I had such this just crazy roller coaster of emotions that you know most people go through in the immediate postpartum period, and no one tells you about. And everyone says, "Oh my gosh, enjoy these moments; they go by so fast." And I'm sitting there thinking, "What are you talking about? This is horrible." And you also though think like, if I tell someone that I'm having a hard time, then that means I'm not grateful. It means I don't love my baby. It means I'm not thankful to have a healthy baby. So I just might as well, you know, I better just shut up. And one thing that I struggled with this time around was that right when Juno was born, another like acquaintance who was due the same week as me had a stillbirth. And so those first couple of weeks, I was like, just felt so guilty about everything. I was like, how much would that family love to just have been up all night? How much would that family love to have just gotten pooped on? And so first of all, I really had to let that go of like comparing what I was going through to an unimaginably horrible situation that someone else was going through. But once I did that, I was able to kind of find those little moments of like, okay, I can I can keep going through this. I'm not going to get stuck. And what I've been trying to say is that with miles, I went, you know, I felt those like crazy big emotions, and I had no idea that that was about to happen. I was super unprepared. I am not a feely feely person, and so I had never experienced anything like that before, and I had no idea how to talk about it. And so I just shut, I just flipped the switch and shut it off. Mm -hmm. And I felt that in probably about the second week this time i felt i wanted to switch it off so bad but i recognized that and i think that when was you say the switch it off what do you mean like just turn off my emotions mm-hmm. like just you know like freeze and not not feel anything not react to anything just shut it off
0: the second week after having juna
1: yeah and most people say like that second week is typically the hardest emotionally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I know that that's when things started to go downhill with Miles because that's when I felt like I just need to shut this down. I did. I just was like, shut it down. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do.
0: And I'm not trying to be all therapisty, but like for for people who are listening who are who may be going through something like this, like what is it? What is going on with you that's not tolerable that you're just like shut it off?
1: A couple of things. I think the first thing being, I had expected for this to be this like joyful, beautiful, tender experience. Mm -hmm. And instead I am exhausted, moody, pissed off, tired. Like I am not having this like glowy, beautiful experience. I don't think very many people have a glowy, beautiful experience. I was just going to
0: say, I'm like, I don't think that's. No, it's reality. not reality. I mean, you right. just go through but this huge feel, transition. Because the outside feedback you're getting is,
1: oh my gosh, oh my Congratulations. gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the I, outside feedback is like glowy, happy, yes. amazing. You brought this amazing human into the world. Right. And then the contrast of that is like, I feel like
1: ass. Right. I feel physically feel terrible. (laughs) Emotionally, I feel like ridiculous. I don't recognize my life. I don't recognize myself. My physical body is a shit show. I can barely walk around, you know, and all of a sudden you are just I think like when you're pregnant, the changes are very gradual. When you give birth, you go from like the changes that literally happen within a matter of hours are ridiculous, mm-hmm. and then to think that like you're just supposed to just slide into this like beautiful dewy field of <laughs> newborn happiness, right? Is a joke, you know. Right. It's like so. That's the first thing is I will never it-
0: forget one of my closest friends after she had a baby. She like she was like, "Dude, motherhood is gnarly," and I always remember her saying that because I'm like, "That was that is the truth, sister." Like she she's like, "It is just gnarly." <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: I just love that word because it's like I love the word gnarly as well. It
1: does. It really captures it.
0: Yeah, and
1: it's hard. Yeah, it's really really hard. And I wasn't ready for how hard it was going to be. And you can't be ready. There's no way to be ready. But I wasn't. I was so not ready that I immediately thought because this is hard that means something is wrong. And I think that's the other. Well, I'll get into this. Okay, let Mm -hmm. me back up. When I say when I say like I you know, what was so big that I had to shut it down. The other thing was just the range of emotions that I was feeling was something that I had never, ever felt before And a lot of that is, yes, your hormones are crazy, you're not getting any sleep. But just because you can point to an emotion and say, oh, I'm feeling crazy because my hormones are nuts and I'm not getting any sleep, that doesn't mean you're not feeling it. That just means you can say why you're feeling it, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't make it go away. It's not like you can say, oh, I burned my hand because I stuck my hand over that fire. Well, it doesn't make the burn go away. So... I think that a lot of new moms do that. They sort of invalidate the feelings that they're feeling because they're like, oh, I'm just tired. It's like, well, yeah, you're tired, but that doesn't mean you're not also, you know, feeling really shitty and you're going to be tired. Like this is not a problem that's going to go away anytime soon. So I had just never, ever felt a range of emotions like that. And I also think like, you know, if you want to get really therapisty, looking back into a lot of the more intense experiences in my life, I coped with them by just avoiding what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, in my past, I would literally physically remove myself from the situation if something was, you know, like, issues at home, that kind of thing. And so I just I don't think no- that's therapist.
0: I think that's I mean, a that's a great question that therapists will ask you of like, how did you always cope with difficult times? Because that says a lot about like, how you can manage things now. But I think it's real for people who are listening too, because I think this is really important. For people, people who are going through this or something similar is like, yeah, like, how did you handle it in the past? And and evaluating that is really important.
1: Yeah. And so, I mean, the reality was like, when I had dealt with difficult things in the past, I didn't, I dealt with them by not dealing with them and just sort of waiting for it to have, you know, to just kind of move, move past it. But I mm-hmm. never like really let myself go through something. I always just went past it. Mm-hmm. And I had did not this have that going option. Stuff sucks. It's the worst. <laughs> feeling your feelings is the literal worst. Uh, I hate it. I hate feeling my feelings.
0: I think of Alanis Morissette. Every time I think of going through stuff, I'm like, there's a song she sings, and the the lyrics are, "The only way out is through." It's a great song, yeah. but it's like, ugh, I hate that. That's the truth. I hate it. I hate that. That's the
1: truth. So that was a big part of it too. Was just that like I was unprepared to have to go through it. And so that then coupled with a couple of very practical things. Like I didn't have at the time any friends who had young kids. Mm-hmm. And since Miles has been born, almost all of my friends have had kids. Mm-hmm. So that's been huge that I yeah. can just like text my friends tribe. in the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah and, you know, not that every all my friends weren't super supportive, but they just didn't know what I was going right. through. Right. And you need that. And then, you know, I had a therapist. I had... You know, people really checking in with me. And this time, like, I knew that if I just kept telling people, oh, no, I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. Finally, someone was going to go, no, how are you doing? Right. And that was the other thing. Like, last time, no one in my life, I never would have thought of myself as someone who would get postpartum depression. I was a very emotionally stable, very logical, very reasonable, very down-to-earth person, who, you know, maybe I've had, like, anxiety issues in my life before, but never thought, you know, right. you're going to... And I don't think anyone in my life did either. Right. And, you know, I think, like I said, you there's nothing you can do to prevent postpartum depression, but I think the reason that mine got as bad as it did was because it took me so long to realize what was going on. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I feel like before I'm doing... Before you
0: had Miles... Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Before you had Miles, did you... I don't know. Like We all know it's a thing. We all know that postpartum depression or postpartum anxieties exist. But did you ever think like, oh, I wonder if that could happen to me? Or were you just like, meh, it's off my radar?
1: It was off my radar. Yeah. I, I had heard about it and I had heard, you know, they give it to you in like the packet and they're like, right. if you think you might have postpartum depression, right. call your doctor. Right. But the other thing too is I feel like the, the things that they give you to look out for for postpartum depression are so vague. Mm-hmm. And they're like, how's your energy? I'm like, how the right. hell do you think my energy a, is?
0: Yeah, it's a pretty vague, it's kind of like the depression scale right. that we give people. It's like, it's it's a pretty basic screening, but it's, uh, so you think that as you're answering some of those questions, you're kind of like, well, maybe, kind of. But right. in the big picture, it's completely different.
1: What yeah. or one of the questions that I had to like, when I went through, ended up going through that postpartum depression, like, therapy group, they give you, what is this thing, like, the Edinburgh scale? Mm-hmm.
0: Is
1: it's that kind right? Of like,
0: yeah, there's there's a couple. And then there's one called the PHQ-9. There's, like, a couple different yeah. scales. Yeah. It's
1: basically, like, a, you know, BuzzFeed quiz that oh. gives you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like it's, like... Definitely, yeah. Definitely not um, that, but yeah. <laughs> well, you know, but it's, like, this little, like, I know what you survey mean, that like you fill basic, out. Yeah. And at the end, it's, like, if you scored a five or above, you have postpartum depression. And the questions are, like you know, on a scale from 1 to 5 or 1 to 10, rate how true this is for you. And one of them is like, I can do things as much as I ever could. I'm like, well, no, I have two kids. You know, or like, I'm sleeping as well as I ever have. Like, clearly not. My mm. appetite is normal. No, also, no. Mm. You know, these things where you're like, yeah. does that mean I'm depressed or does it just mean that I'm like postpartum? Right. The thing that I have started, and I mean, I – I'm not a mental health counselor, I'm not a mental Mm -hmm. health professional, but a couple of people have asked me like, you know, what would you say to other people who think that their friend might have postpartum depression? And for me, I start worrying about my friends when it feels like their experience is no longer part of reality. And they are saying things like, I'm always going to feel this way or I'm never going to get my life back, you know, these like you big, start to talk
0: in extremes, yeah, yeah
1: big heavy statements, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. just you know, and you, like because we all have those moments. Sure, every single person, especially new moms, have these feelings of like this sucks. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. that's all you're feeling, right? Or you know, we all have these these moments of thinking like I'm never, or, you know, like I'm uh, I'm I don't know what my life is going to look like. But if you the only thing you can think of is I'm never going to get my life back. Like, like the end of
0: the road, like thinking in extremes or yeah. thinking that there's really no way out. Like exactly. you truly feel like there's no way out.
1: And that, yeah. right. And that kind of like no way out thing. It was, you know, it's like if you start to hear a friend or one of your athletes or whoever, just mm-hmm. constantly saying things like that, of like, I just feel like I'm my life is never going to be the same. I just feel mm-hmm. like I, you know, that's when I started to worry about my friends yeah. is when, those sort of, sort of statements come up time and time again. Mm-hmm. This time around, things have been a lot better. You know, they've still been hard, but I think the biggest thing that I've been able to learn is that things will be easy and things will be hard, but easy doesn't mean good and hard doesn't mean bad. Yes. And it's all just part that's of... That's such a good, that's such a good
0: statement. It's Because just, I think, I think yeah. the thing too is like, I don't want listeners to also like put this expectation of like, Oh, how's she doing? How's she doing? Is she okay? It's like, well, if you're not okay, then you're going to have support. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's relief when we're like, yes, she's okay. And it's okay if you start to kind of like feel that sadness again or feel that yeah. path again. But, but it's like, Oh, it's awesome that you are, that you have like have such insight and have all these great tools. And I love that you said at the beginning, it's like, this is not a prescription. Like this is something that you, you gained so much experience from having miles that now you're able to use that experience and be like, now I have a context from what I experienced last time. And I have a little bit of contrast. Doesn't mean that your experience is going to be like, okay, now it's better because I have that experience. But I think it's great that you have all these tools because of what you went through before. But I also think it's like it's good that you said to, to people that you're like, this isn't like a solution for everyone, but it's a benefit to have had that experience that you can speak about it now. And I think it's also great to share that because I think some people, maybe like you at the beginning, when when you had Miles, were like, I have no idea what to expect. I never thought this would happen to me. Like there's no shame in it. You cannot prevent this. And this is what you can do to reach out for help.
1: Yeah. And I think this even kind of like parallels a little bit what I went through when I had my miscarriages last year. And and then I just started like grabbing every resource I could find. And then, you know, very gratefully did get pregnant. And I, you know, the thing that people would say like, well, what did you do? And it's like, listen, I did everything I could think of. I will never know what one thing or combination of things, or even if any of those things actually made the difference. All I know is that the outcome was different. And maybe it was just complete fate and luck and chance and, you know, the fact that things just are different from time to time in your, you know, from experience to experience in your life. No, no two experiences are exactly the same. And thank God for that, that no two experiences are exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, so that's just kind of, I think the the big, you know, the difference here is now I can at least look back and say, okay, I know what it's like to have this really be horrible. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so grateful that this has not been horrible this time and that I've actually can enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. these early days and like can appreciate and really appreciate how, even in the hard moments, that they're hard, but they're not devastating. Mm-hmm. And again, that, like I've really just tried to to learn that hard doesn't mean bad. Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge mindset yeah. shift for me yeah that are like it's okay for some things to be hard things are supposed to be hard sometimes that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're doing it wrong that doesn't mean that you're a bad mom it doesn't mean that you made a mistake it just means that like what you're doing is inherently very hard mm-hmm. and you are a human experiencing this hard thing that i think is kind of what i'm learning right now is just hard is just as necessary as easy and i think all of us like we th- we think we expect our baseline – and I think this, this what I'm about to say, applies to every single person, not just moms, and it applies to every single scenario, not just motherhood or parenting. We have been wrongly led to believe that our baseline as humans should be happy and 100% satisfied and, like, running through a field of butterflies giddy all the time. Yeah, And like we think, (laughs) it's
0: just not, yeah. It's
1: not. We think if we aren't just walking through the world with a smile on our face, that that means we have made the wrong choices.
0: Yep. It's so, it's BS. It's BS. Absolutely. That is why, that is, yeah. yeah, That is why Instagram perfection drives us nuts because we're like, that's
1: not the baseline. And even like (laughs) before social media, you know, everyone's like, oh, I just want you to be happy. It's like, if all you were was happy all the time. Yeah first of all that level of happy would start to feel normal and then you would just constantly need you know like brandon and i were talking about this the other day of like think about when you first start dating someone even just seeing their name come up on your phone Mm -hmm. you are like gonna pass out with excitement it's a now when brandon calls me i'm like what does brandon need right you know that level of now it's become my normal and so if you expect yourself to always be this happy smile on your face well eventually whatever is Getting you to that point is just going to become your normal, mm-hmm. and if you just it you keep going and going right. and going and going and going, right. but instead if you just decide and realize that the human experience, the baseline is like pretty mundane, you can really appreciate those days when you do have a smile on your face all day, yeah. and then you don't panic. On the days when you couldn't get a smile on your face if you need if you you know were paid a million dollars, right maybe if you're paying, just paying, having a bad day. A smile right, right. because and, like, it doesn't feel
0: good, and then it goes back to the whole thing of like we don't like to tolerate negativity in our in our being like it doesn't feel good, so we don't like to feel bad, so we will do anything it takes to feel good, and that's like the whole purpose of people being like. How to be happy. I mean, some of the top podcasts are like, how to find your joy, how to find happiness. Like, I I always look for themes and I'm like, the top podcasts are always about like, how to live your life on purpose, how to be happy. And it's like, ah, it drives me crazy because that is setting you up to fail. Like, when you have a bad day, then you expect that you failed or that you're supposed to like pull yourself out of this bad day. It's like, no, the human experience is meant to be on this huge range of emotions. Huge range of emotions. Like, yeah. Google range of emotions and just put that on your refrigerator
1: refrigerator. Watch Inside like, Out. Yeah, you will because learn you are supposed sadness to be has to be friends with joy. Mm-hmm.
0: Like you have to have that. You they have to have, have that to- range. They got to yeah. hold
1: the memory balls together.
0: So it's like that whole thing of like when people are like trying to get happy or the joke about like men always being like, you should smile more or whatever. You know, like when pe- when guys would used to tell you, you should smile, which is a whole other issue in and of itself. But like that whole piece of why are you telling people to be happy? Sure, you want people to be joyful, but it's like the baseline should never be that. And I agree. I think we're yeah. set. You set yourself up for this. It's a completely unrealistic expectation. How about being named Joy and feeling the pressure <laughs> when I have a bad day? Like I almost like I was vulnerable posting about me struggling with Mondays lately because I'm like, oh, I'm almost supposed to, like my pressure has always been like, your name is Joy. You must always be so happy. I'm like, actually, I'm a hot mess. But whatever, it's fine. Like this is just proof that we are all that just because you're named this beautiful joyful name. Doesn't mean you're always going to be happy. Okay. So let's wrap up. I have two questions for you. Okay. What, this is all for the current experience you're having of just what does support look like for you going through this experience postpartum? And then what has been, I don't want to say like negative support, but like, how should we word this? Like, what does support what, look like for you? What's not It's helpful. like helpful. And then what's not helpful? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for me, what has been helpful has been accepting help. Mm -hmm. and really just allowing people to care for me in a way that I really did not used to be comfortable with. And that has included being vulnerable, has sometimes included, you know, really just if somebody says, hey, can I help you with that? I used to be like, no, 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 it's fine, I got it. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? Sure. Mm-hmm. Help me with this. And in fact, yes, please help me with this. You know, stuff like, can I pick Miles up from school? Or, you know, can I bring you a meal even though Juno's two months old? Or, you know, can I come over and just hang out with Miles for a while so that you can not have to run around two different kids. Mm -hmm. And I think if you are listening to this and there is a new mom in your life, don't hesitate to just Mm say, hey, can I do this for you? And be specific. And I think this applies to anybody who's in a a, a time period where they need help, like they're going through an illness or anything.
0: anything, Don't
1: say, hey, let me know if you need anything.
0: Or let me know. Yeah, don't ask what I can do for you. And don't say, let me know if you need anything, because that puts the onus on the person to decide. It's like and I can't. I don't have time to decide what you like. That's that's all of a sudden my job,
1: right? Is to what be you like, can say well, what, is yeah. Is it is it okay if I come over tomorrow? Right. While I'm there, think about what I can do to help you. Mm-hmm. And you know, they might say, you know what, I don't want to see anybody tomorrow, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, give them their space. Right. Don't just show up at the door. Exactly. But yeah, you know, walk in and say, hey, I'm going to be here for an hour. I'm going to fold your laundry. I'm going to empty your dishwasher. And I am I brought this meal and I'm going to, you know, prepare. I'm going to heat it up for you. Yeah. You don't have to talk to me. You don't have to entertain me. You don't have to host me. I am just here to yeah. empty your dishwasher, take out your trash. And if
0: you and, need a beverage, I can yeah, bring it to you. <laughs>
1: exactly. And yeah. we have had a postpartum doula come to our house a couple of times and that's what they do and you pay them to do it and it's the best. But as a friend, you can also do that and it's so helpful. So something that's been helpful for me is just accepting help. The other thing that's been helpful for me is being like really asking for what I need. And those two things kind of go together and not being embarrassed by it and just not like feeling self-conscious about being like, you know what? Yeah, I do need Joy to write the episode description tonight. Because mm-hmm. even though it would only take me five minutes, the mental break oh, yeah, that yeah, gives yeah. me, yeah. just yeah. these little things where it's like, yeah. I, you know, it would be so easy for me to be like, no, you know, Joy has no. a lot going on. But it's just, or anyway, the, the examples are innumerable. Things that are not helpful are people, yeah, who say like, well, tell me when I can help. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying that like that annoys me, but it's right, not right, but it's just.
0: On the scale of one to helpful, not not it's, the not the greatest. <laughs> it's
1: not. It's not on the yeah. It's not on the yeah. end of the scale.
0: They mean Other, well, but let's change right. the language. Yeah, yeah.
1: Other things that are not. And also, here is the thing, guys. If you truly don't have the bandwidth to like, or you don't feel like you know that person well enough, or whatever it is, then maybe the immediate postpartum, or the immediate, you know, right after surgery, or the immediate right right after whatever phase is not the time for you to be there. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just because you know someone from the gym doesn't mean that you need to go over to their house and empty the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. I think that the biggest thing though that's not helpful are people who um, make assumptions about what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that a lot, but I did experience it, I would say, more with Miles when I was doing really bad, really poorly, mm-hmm. really, really badly. And people would be like, oh, well, this must be what you're feeling. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm feeling. Mm. Or people would say like, oh yeah, you know, my, I, my sister had the baby blues. It's like, I, don't have baby I was going
0: to say, did anyone normalize, try to quote, I'm doing air quotes, normalize like, oh, that's just normal. And you're like, this doesn't fucking feel normal.
1: <laughs> Pretty much everyone did. And I think that's why it was so, it took me so long to realize what was going on mm-hmm. was because I didn't know what, how to describe what was wrong because I'd never felt it before. Mm. And all I would say to people was like, I don't recognize my life like, I don't want to hold my baby. I'm, you know, and I, maybe will be like, yeah, you know, you're like, you're tired. And it's like, okay, yeah, that's I guess just another testament
0: to be like, if you feel truly that you're like, this just does not resonate. Like the, the words of encouragement are not resonating with me. This is more than just having a bad day. That's just such a good reminder for people.
1: Yeah. And that's something too that, and we've talked about this too recently, like I learned so much from that experience of like, don't ever, let me back up. Mm -hmm. If someone tells you how they feel, just validate. It's not your job to fix it. It's not your job to compare. It's not your job to say, Oh, my sister went, you know, had the same thing. Here's what you should go, you know, go stand in a red light sauna. Like, Can
0: I tell you, can I tell you like a therapy thing about that is like people who want to kind of like relate in a way is their way of putting their anxiety of not knowing what to say back on you. So it's like, so just everyone out there who needs to support a friend, just remember if your instinct when they tell you something difficult is to either fix, relate, or, try to kind of like make them feel better like I think that's our initial response we want to yeah. we want our job is to make you feel better that's really not your job your job is to just listen and sometimes silence is the best answer just be like you're not gonna go through this alone
1: yeah and you can easily just say to someone that sounds so hard I'm not really sure what to say but right wow that must be so hard
0: but I'm here for you and you will not be alone
1: yeah wow I, I'm I really can't imagine what you're going through you know like just saying something like that of like wow I really don't know what to say but that mm-hmm. does sound so hard. Mm-hmm. So much better than oh it's going to be okay you're well, doing my a great. My sister made through
0: it that yeah you're just yeah. like yeah
1: you're,
0: you're no, doing this great. This is mama. my experience. I'm I not hate, your sister. Yeah. Oh. I hate it.
1: You're you're doing great mama. I'm like ha, 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 ha. I'm going to throw poop at you.
0: I think that I think that phrase can go to hell.
1: I mean I get it. it comes, I know. Like, again, it I know. But I place, just like, if I, don't I were, were to hear like, that, I'd be like,
0: I don't want to hear it, you're doing great mama. Cause I feel yeah. I don't like feel I am like doing great. something.
1: Well, and even like, I mean, this applies to so many things. We could just talk about this forever. But like, <laughs> even when I was at my job, you know, last year where I just felt terrible and I, every single day would go into my boss and be like, I am drowning. And she'd be like, you're doing great. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm doing great. Like you can yeah. tell me until you're blue in the face that I'm doing great. I don't feel like I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, if if someone had just said to me, "Yeah, you're working your ass off, and you're barely keeping your head above water," that must be so hard. It would have been a million times better than everyone just being like, "You're doing great. Keep going." Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing great, and I think that that applies to so many situations when you know you're you tell someone you open up to someone about how you're feeling and they just turn on they're like you're doing great and you know it comes from a place and them trying to encourage you what you really want them to say is yeah i can tell you're working so hard Mm -hmm. and that must be really difficult Mm -hmm. and it's like thank you yes i am working so hard and it is really difficult Mm -hmm. awesome let's go like how yeah long right it just
0: feels like super dismissive and yeah
1: yeah anyway i think um i need to stop doing that i keep wrapping those up. well anyway and if i feel like it minimizes what i've just said so erase that i just said that not you not literally erase it but everyone who heard it in your mind um
0: we're just going to take a pause, pause. and we're going to give a moment of silence for all the great advice you just gave because it was <laughs> great no, you're just, I'm so proud of you. I You're just doing, You're and you're also doing such a great service for mothers who are going through difficult times. And I see all the emails that people write and are just helped by everything that you're saying. And And while I know you've been very careful to not be like, this is a prescription of what you need to do, but just how you've taken control of your experience is really, really empowering for, I think, for a lot of listeners. And it takes a lot of bravery. So I'm just going to go ahead and leave that there.
1: Aw, thanks. <laughs> I d- and I your hair those... looks fantastic. I mean, my hair is—it's really coming <laughs> I into. Wish, its own.
0: I wish we had like an actual like video recording that we could I'll, show I'll put, your gray hair. Do, it's, I'll do it Instagram. looks so pretty right now. She when she turned the camera on, she's like, "Oh, I just need to fix my hair." I'm like, "No, don't!" It looks like what's the well, beautiful had, like,
1: a thing? What's the Disney character? Uh, Merida from Brave.
0: Yeah, from Brave, and. That's
1: for. That's like my new life goal. Oh, I love it.
0: It does. It looked like the brave girl. Um, but I'm also going to say that uh I so apologize cute. for everyone who is traumatized by my Instagram p- uh, story about Dumbo because
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Turns out so everyone had
0: We don't have enough time because we got to wrap this up, but apparently everyone is like freaking out about uh disney movies which oh my i thought i was the only one that i was like i can't even deal with dumbo i can't see that movie i may have a panic attack in the theater if i see th- i i love uh what's his bucket tim um, burton tim burton i love him i think he's a genius but that story just like broke my heart in two one of our listeners it this broke my heart one of our listeners wrote and was like when i was a kid I was in the theater seeing Dumbo, and I had to leave because I threw up because I was so upset. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was like, you little nugget. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Disney movies are traumatizing. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Tulum. 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 Let's talk Tulum because we need you to come on this trip with us over Labor Day weekend. We're going to Tulum. You need to come by yourself because we will be your new BFFs. You do not have to bring your BFF. So anyone out there who's like, oh, I really want to go on this trip, but I don't have anyone to go with. Trust us. We are your BFFs on this trip. We hang out with you all week. We have a great time. You develop new friendships and then we're friends for life. Like, we keep in close contact with everyone who's been on this on all of our trips in the past, and it's, it's great. so true. It's so memorable, life changing. I would say it's life changing.
1: I would agree. And if you're like, I've been to Tulum, but have you been to Tulum with Joy and Claire? No, you, no, have, you not. have not.
0: No, you have not.
1: And it's gonna be great. So the link is on our Instagram page. Yes, on our Instagram highlights, under Tulum link. I'm pretty sure it's mm-hmm. called. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully you guys can manage that. Um, it's gonna be so fun. Yeah. It's just come guys. Join like, us. Ditch your, you know, college roommate's wedding or whatever yeah. else you're putting on that weekend. They
0: don't need and a lot of teachers are like, but we're gonna be back in school. I'm like perfect time to leave is the beginning of the year. <laughs> the yeah. kids are gonna be fine. They'll be fine without you. Substitute they teacher.
1: Learn anything yet. Good. <laughs> and think about how much more effective of a teacher you're gonna be when mm-hmm. you get back from mm-hmm. your vacation right after your vacation. One hundred percent. Guys. Okay. Make it happen. Make it Come happen. Come to Tulum. Well, it's All right. To the best. <laughs> that was a All great, right,
0: great up. Good up. All right. You guys can support the podcast and you can go to girlsgonewad at gmail.com. Send us any questions or feedback. We'd like to hear from you. So you can send us a direct message on Instagram as well. But if you want to support the podcast easily and for free, you can go to iTunes and rate us and review us. Give us five stars. Give us a review. Tell and, us what you think. Share with your friends.
1: The best way that you can support us is by sharing with your friends. When, you, when we post something on social or you're listening to our podcast and you're really enjoying it, like right now, for example, uh-huh. post about it on your Instagram stories, post about it on your Facebook stories, mm-hmm. tag us. and Send it to Dave Castro. Send it to Dave Castro. No, don't. Sorry, <laughs> don't encourage this. I do not tag Dave condone Castro. this message. Tag Oprah. Tag cool. If you're going to tag someone, tag, tag freaking Oprah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Be like Oprah. You need to hear these girls. They're so fun. You want to? She wants to invite us to her oak tree. Yes, that's where she does all her interviews under her big oak tree. That is my
1: dream. Oh <laughs> to my sit gosh. Under the oak tree with Oprah, with a little Zoom recorder. Yes, put it out there, Joy. Oh, it could happen. Just I'm just saying. Breathing okay. in the fresh air and the scent of her expensive products.
0: Can you imagine how good she smells? We have talked about
1: this at length in another episode. Do you remember? Bob Harper,
0: yeah. Bob Harper smells amazing. Can you imagine how good Oprah smells?
1: Yeah. Who did we talk to about that? We had like a whole thing Uh, talking about. Someone it was someone
0: like hugged Oprah. I can't remember. I think I want to say it was was it Andy? Did Andy hug Oprah?
1: No, it was recent we talked about this. I think it was
0: with like, I think it was Uh, with Laura, Ligos, maybe uh, recently. Just the scent of Oprah's perfume. She would smell amazing. All right. Well, on that note, tag us. (laughs) in in your stories with Oprah and we will be under the oak tree soon see you later Bye.